Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet again another edition of That's Entertaining, your monthly entertaining podcast. I think it's entertaining. Well, so it's really the podcast isn't entertaining, but what we're talking about is entertaining, or so we hope. Tonight's discussion, or today, or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, is going to be based around the Lego Batman movie. And joining me to discuss is the one and only, the Mr. Alex Duwehi. Alex, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Feels like it's been forever. It's been a while. I mean, now that these shows are monthly, it is. it does feel like it's a little bit longer, and uh, I can't remember if I know you weren't on the last one. The, the last one was Assassin's Creed, so yeah, yeah you skipped that movie. <laughs> so it's it, so it's been two months. Yeah, it's been, crazy. Because since Rogue One, that was the last one that you were on. So oh, Rogue One, <laughs> your first one of this year. But hey, it didn't take us too long to get to you, so it's good. But let the folks know what you've been entertained by lately. Oh, geez. Well, two months worth. So obviously I've done maybe like one or two things. Uh, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> so uh, recently I've been on a Resident Evil kick um, just because the new movie's you know, out now. And um, my wife and I really enjoy playing the game. So we went through uh, some of the games again. And actually the seventh game came out in the series. So we've been playing a little bit of that. Um, that is – it's – I don't know if you played any. Uh, I don't. I, I know that we had this conversation. I don't think you're too into these types of games, but this Resident Evil Seven Biohazard is actually like drastically different than any of the previous Resident Evils. They've, don't nobody got time to be scared playing video games? It's so. It's like one of the scariest games I've ever played, which is it, it's a good thing. Like it. It's it's really fun. Um, it's it's like being in a movie. So they got away from the third person point of view, and they're going first person now, and. Um, I think it just adds a whole new level of uh, scare to the, to the game when you have to like walk into a door to push it open. You can't, you know, get a good peripheral look of what's going on around you. Um, it's really scary. It's like going through a scary movie yourself, uh, and we re- we really enjoy it. It's like our interactive scary movie night in a way. And uh, and we've been watching the Resident Evil movies to catch up. Uh, we're gonna go see the uh, the final chapter actually tomorrow in theaters. Um, so we've been doing that. Uh, we've been, uh, we went and saw Split in theaters. It's that new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Shyamalan uh, Ding Dong. Shyamalan, yeah. What an awesome name, M. Night. <laughs> Can you imagine? So cool. I have uh, a coffee but, from M. Night. M. Night. Night. He's saying midnight? No, night. But yeah, that movie was actually really good. Professor X does a really good job. Like I told you, it makes you kind of not look at him the same way again when you see some of his 23 different personalities that he portrays 23 um, wow specifically the feminine ones uh <laughs> very funny he does a great job though and the movie overall is just i thought it was shot really well if you've seen any of m night's older movies uh, specifically unbreakable this will really resonate with you um well so i mean we've been doing things like that that's that's Pretty much it. You know, every time I get off this show, I think about like five or six other things I could have said that I did. So it, it seems like I do nothing, but I am watching movies. I am playing games. I just, I don't know. You put me on the spot and my mind just goes blank. So it seems <laughs> when, like I'm doing nothing. If when the spotlight is shown, that tends to happen. 
but you've also been playing a little bit of Madden. Oh yeah, Madden. <laughs> you see what I mean? I've been playing a lot of Madden lately. Yeah, joined up with uh, you guys' uh, fantasy league again, or connected franchise, uh, playing as the Cardinals. Uh, I made it all the way to the championship game last season with a makeshift quarterback and a free agent running back pickup. And uh, then I got destroyed by Coach Moe's Bears. Boo. Uh, boo, yeah. <laughs> but I do have a better record than him so far in this season, thanks to Nate's Pats. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to it. I have a, a monster quarterback that I drafted, and uh, I brought an old, good old young running back, David Johnson, back to the team. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about this season. We added another member, and it, it's going great. I'm really happy. Well, that's that's good. I... I want to update that to a little bit more detail. So he is in the same connected franchise league that myself and Mo are in. And if you listen to the League of Entertained Gentlemen or the Assassin's Creed episode, you know who Mo is. And I did face Mo in the Super Bowl last year, or not last year, last season in our Madden League. And as you know, if you listen to some of the shows that we're on together, that he won. However, I got... A small little bit of retribution uh, in this past week because I went head-to-head with Moe's 94-rated Bears with my 82-rated Patriots team. And I won by nine points. So I, I consider that a victory. Um, even even if he let me win, I don't care. That means he can't go undefeated this season, and I still could. So let's see what happens. It is so good to know that he's human and can lose a game because I was thinking for a while it wasn't possible. Uh-huh. It's like so I remember Rocky 4 when Ivan Drago is is you know doing his training and then he sees no, no it wasn't the training it was I think at the the fight between Rocky and him and he's just like I must break you. And I feel like Drago where he like mows Rocky and he's just like he's undefeatable but I like I must break you. Oh, man. So does that mean that he's going to make, like, a really fierce comeback now? Most likely. I mean, this is Mo we're talking about. Oh, I know. He's level 94 rated team. I mean, that's oh, just ridiculous. Would, don't you wish that was real life? 94 overall Bears team. Oh, God. <laughs> I would just die. It would be amazing. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's move past the Bears. And as far as stuff I've been entertained by, I've been watching the CW... TV shows, you know, the superhero TV shows. And, I mean, they're okay. I'm still just kind of... I'm not hooked yet, but I'm watching them because I've invested so much time to get to the point where I am, where I'm like, well, I might as well watch them now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, they you know... they stale after a while, or what? what is it that you don't like? They're just not going anywhere now, and especially uh, Arrow. So, Arrow, everybody has superpowers now, it seems. You know, he's got somebody on his team that has some weird powers, and now he's got someone else on his team that's a metahuman, and it's just like, no, that's not why we came to, like, Arrow. That's what the Flash is for. And over on the Flash side, it's just people saying every episode is, Barry, or Barry is thinking he can't do something, and people are like, I believe in you, you can do it, and he does it. 
or if it's not him, it's Cisco or someone else. It's the same kind of thing that keeps just kind of churning out, and it doesn't really feel like it's going anywhere. And I just, I'm still just waiting for Barry to go back in time and fix his mistake. Like, it just seems like that's going to happen because I don't know. It's, it feels just like it's not going anywhere to me. And now he's traveling back and forth into the future a little bit. I'm like, no, this is, I don't like it. I mean, like I said, I'm invested this far into it. So whatever happens, happens. But I'll keep watching it until there's just a jump the shark moment and I just stop. So that's that's the main thing I would talk about outside of the movie that we're going to discuss is that, you know, in the DC sphere of things, the TV is still watchable, but it's not got its hooks in me anymore. Supergirl is okay. Flash is okay. Legends of Tomorrow has gotten better, but that's not really saying much. And Arrow just kind of continues this downward trend. Uh, as, far as, as far as Gotham goes, I think I'm close to being caught up on that. And that's just its own quirky little thing. It's kind of just its own show sitting out there in, in left field. And it's, it's fine. It's own story. It's Batman story, and well, not really Batman, but a Bruce Wayne growing up story. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's not bad. But the reason that you're here, ladies and gentlemen, the reason that Alex and I are here right now, is because we want to talk a little bit about the Batman, the Lego Batman. So, <laughs> Alex, please join me as we venture to our Bat Cave this week, this month for our entertaining thoughts. The Lego Batman movie. Alex, we haven't had a chance to talk yet, or text, or anything since we've seen this movie. And this is our first time really understanding where each other is coming from on this movie. So rather than asking you what you thought of it, let's just start talking about it and see if our opinions kind of align on our feelings of this film. So I just want to say this from the opening credit, (laughs) the opening black screen, (laughs) I was just, I started to grin. it, It was just, this was perfect. Like the way that they started this out, you know, he's got this black screen that it's in front of you and he's like, all important movies start with black screens. And he's going through that whole little thing there. And you got this kind of music that's reminiscent of the dark Knight, that those little strings kind of pulling across the way. And he's like, they have this cool music and it makes parents feel uneasy and executives counting money. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it was so good. And I was just watching this, smiling, and he was he was literally announcing like the title cards, like "We're Warner Bros." You know, it was just so perfect. I loved it. Um, what did you think of just just this opening before we even get into the movie? Just this opening stuff. Oh, it was it was brilliant. It was hysterical. I it, I had a smile on my face from start to finish in this movie. It was just. It was just perfect. It was nonstop, just comedy every single time. And and Batman was on the screen a majority of this movie. Every single time he was on screen, I just I just laughed just just looking at him. 
just thinking about what he's going to say and do next or trying to anticipate him because he's so snarky and just sassy. It was hysterical. Um, and that was, that was the first thing I saw with my wife and she, uh, when the credits were, or when the, yeah, when they were coming in, they were starting on the black screen. I mean, we were like, I don't know how many people were in your theater. We didn't have very many in ours. We saw an early showing though. So people were still probably at work, but we were cracking up just from the opening. And I just thought it was absolutely perfect. Yeah. So comprising my theater, because I saw a right after work showing at 515 in a little theater, it was maybe 13, 15 people in there. Mm-hmm. So most of them were, you know, like moms and their kids or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so there were a lot of kids in there. There were, there were a lot of laughing a lot of times. And so I could tell that, that this movie was hitting its mark. But there were also jokes on there that kids didn't understand the adults were laughing at. So I'm like, this is yep. a really a great movie. Like the, the balance, you know, a, a comedic stuff, all the references to the different Batman oh, you know, so good. movies and comics and everything that are throughout this thing that kids probably won't understand, but us adults or people who know the character are like, that's amazing. They, I know. All the, the villains that they called out, it yep. was hilarious. Condiment Man was great. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that that honestly, I mean, it's it's geared towards being a kids movie, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's Legos, but you know, there is actually so much adult humor in these movies now that it makes it enjoyable for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I loved all the different callbacks to all the different Batman movies, even going back to the '60s. Uh-huh. It was just, it was so good. Um. And then everybody that they brought along to to you know all be all the villains. I mean, not even from not even Batman villains anymore. We're talking Lord Voldemort and Sauron <laughs> and King Kong and Godzilla. It was just it was so good. Mm-hmm. I was just waiting for like Vader or someone to show up because wow. you know in the in the Lego movie, uh, Lando and some people were flying around the Falcon in that movie. Yes, and I think Billy D. Williams was. Uh, one of the voices, I think I caught him in somewhere. I don't remember. Two-Face. Exactly. Was he Two-Face? Yeah. Nice. Because if you'll remember, he was he was uh, Harvey Dent in the 89 and, uh, was it 92 or 91 Batman movies? Mm-hmm. So yep. he finally got to play Harvey Dent, although in the voice. <laughs> and he didn't really hear his voice very much. That was, so, okay. So my biggest gripe with this movie is... The voice acting, like yeah, there were just the 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 ones that stand out to me that need a lot of work. Joker, or, yeah. So Joker, I just and I understand this is a different take. You don't really want that menacing. It's a, it's a kids movie, and I get it, but I just feel like just just call up Mark Hamill. You know? I know why wasn't he in on this? He would have done a perfect joker i mean because yeah i mean he did the joker in the animated series everybody loves his joker i will and it's batman is fine you know he because that's kind of the thing that they're going with but the joker man i i just think that he should have been uh mark campbell but anyway completely or more of Mark Hamill's version of the Joker in terms of the voice acting. It needed to be more that. It sounded too normal to be the Joker. It was just like a normal guy. Yeah, talking. Yeah. And so 
you know, it, it, it was okay after a while, just kind of letting it, it was abrasive at first for sure for me, mm-hmm. but after a little bit, I just kind of accepted it for what it was. Yeah. Um, and the other voice acting piece in every incarnation I've heard of Harley Quinn is like a New York, you know, kind of hi Putin kind of thing, you know, that, that was right. not present at all in in this incarnation of Harley even though she she didn't have very many lines but I feel like this Harley Quinn actress should have you know kind of gone that level even uh, Margot Robbie who did the Suicide Squad her voicing was better than this voicing and I just it, ugh, it just it didn't rub me the right way I I agree I agree and you know what though like I love this movie so much just from how much it made me smile and laugh that it was easy, easier than it would have been in any other setting to overlook the voice acting. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, I think, you know, Mark Hamill obviously should have been there for Joker. I, I don't see why same thing. Margot Robbie wasn't why just, just why that's, she's like that role now. You know what I mean? Let's just make it consistent. You know what I, I but I don't know. For some reason, it was really easy for me to overlook this um, because I was just enjoying the movie so much. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so those were the, the two bits of casting that just didn't really I felt like they could have done better. Uh, but everything else, the the casting was fine. Like Robin, I think it was Michael Sarah that did Robin. <laughs> and it was perfect. It was fine. I, I liked it a lot. Yep. And you know, like I said, Will Arnett as Batman, fine, perfect. It's mm-hmm. it's what he's kind of established at this point. And for this this character, right? I mean, you, if you listen to the Kevin Conroy Batman, you're getting more of a serious experience. And maybe that's what they were going for, too. Like, if you have the Mark Hamill's Joker, you have more of a serious Joker experience. But whatever. So, but Rosario Dawson as Barbara Gordon really well done i thought her delivery of her lines and everything was amazing and really welcome to the character for for barbara gordon because before that you know the people that voiced barbara um they've just been kind of your typical you know nothing fancy done with the voice or anything but rosario brought a certain kind of presence to the to the role a little bit and i thought that she did a really good job with with that voicing um I also, I don't know, when, when Superman was on screen for, for that brief bit, whoever voiced him just didn't sound quite right either. That's kind of on the other side of Channing things. Channing Tatum. Was it Channing Tatum? That's, that's what it says, and that's why you feel the way that you do. <laughs> so it's one of those things where, you know, they can't get everything right every time, but they, they did hit some really good ones out of the park, but they had some that could work on. But like you said... This entire movie, I was smiling. All the references yeah. that I was getting, all the jokes that they were making that were hitting their mark, it was really well done. So I, I can I can give it a pass this time. And also, let's just talk about this briefly, the music of the movie. So there's there's both, you know, songs that were performed during the movie, either by Batman or by <laughs> Robin or just other songs like Man in the Mirror and stuff like that were played. So... But the score for the movie, and it's by, it's by someone that I've never really heard of before that did the main score, 
Lauren Balfi. I don't know if I've heard his works before, but he did an okay job. If you listened close enough to the music, you could hear a lot of inspiration from a lot of different Batman genre or Batman yes. of the past. Yep. Um, the 66 Batman was definitely in there. The 89 Keaton Batman was definitely in there. The um, the Dark Knight Batman, the Nolan series was in there. And even the Hans Zimmer Batman versus Superman music was in there. I mean, the, all that stuff was kind of compiled into this this amalgam of music that he did. So it was a really good job. And, you know, whatever the scene was, if it was kind of edging toward darker, you could kind of hear that, you know, the, the Hans Zimmer-esque type music. Yep. But then you could also hear the 66 music when it was kind of getting a little zany. So I thought that it was – he did a really good job bringing It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was, and I was like the only one in the theater, I think, that got it or showed that they understood what was going on. And I was tapping Molly. I was like, I was like, oh, my God, that's from the 60s. Did you hear that? Like mm-hmm. it was just – it was awesome. And I think it, it made the movie a lot more than what I'm sure he's going to get credit for. Exactly, yeah. So – Unfortunately, what is often the case with composers is they don't get the credit they're due. But whenever I hear something like this, like his score, and I just think it's really well done, I like to call it out because I'm I'm the guy that li- listens to music scores. I sit through the entire credits, listening to the music and reading everything on the screen still, looking to see if there's an end credit scene, which there was not in this movie. There was nothing after the credits. But, you know, another thing that made me laugh... Like, as soon as I heard it, <laughs> was, I don't remember what happened or at what point in the movie that this this was in, but at one point, Bane makes a comment, and he says, that was unnecessary, and it was the Tom Hardy Bane, like, the voice of Tom Hardy Bane, but, like, kind of mixed with the the other incarnation visually of Bane. So, what they did with this movie was they took all these incarnations of a column of of the batman mythos of the villains of the audio and everything it just mashes them together mm-hmm. and you think about this is a lego movie and that is perfect for a lego movie because when you're playing with legos whether it be batman or whatever this movie is pretty brilliantly articulating what you're doing in your mind you know because yep. it could be you you like this in, this interpretation of that with this one and you kind of add your own little panache to it and that's w- exactly what you get with the lego batman movie i gotta tell you i am surprised that i'm really digging this movie as much as i am you know i made the joke earlier before i saw it i said i was like watch i'm gonna walk out of this theater and it's gonna be like one of my favorite movies mm-hmm I don't know if I can say that, but it's a really good movie. It made me smile literally the whole movie. I had a smile on my face. It was hurting my face because I was smiling so much. And I don't normally smile a lot, so that's why it was hurting my face. But it was brilliant. It was brilliantly done. It was brilliantly executed. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. That sums up the movie, right? And I thought the plot was really good as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, they did a good job being funny. Uh, being act, you know, having the action in there, uh, bringing all the characters together, and in, in all, think about all the different characters they had to make work in this plot, and they did. They made all these different villains and heroes work together. Um, even the Justice League when they were throwing the uh, the anniversary party without Batman. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 
<laughs> and then they even they even had a, a chance to get sentimental. They had to get real about him raising, you know, uh, it, it not having a family, and he mm-hmm. was raised by Alfred. And I, they just they hit on all different levels mm-hmm. throughout one movie, and that's why I think it's movies like this that get such high marks. Uh, like when you look at like the Rotten Tomato score, I think it was like 96 the last time I looked. Uh, it's movies that hit on all those different fronts that get the really good marks, and and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, so this movie it's more than just comedy, right? It does actually make you feel like you know you know what happened to Bruce's parents, and they didn't have to show you his parents getting gunning de- gunned down in Crime Alley in this movie, right? As a Batman fan, you already know that that happened. And looking at that picture the way he did, it definitely reminds you of that in an artful way, in a tasteful way. And it does more than that, though. It it really does a, a good job. And it's funny, from a Lego movie to do this, a good job emoting the what he's feeling, what Bruce would be feeling at that point, looking at that picture. You know, he's he's got this selfie with his parents, this is probably his the last family picture that he ever had, obviously, because it was taken before they were gunned down in the alley. And just kind of seeing it there, the, the montage of pictures that were there on the wall. And Alfred puts it out earlier, you know, what's the thing that you're afraid of? You know, that's something that they never touch on in a lot of Batman stories. You know, yep. Batman is always the guy, right? He's the Batman. You know, why is he able to do this? Because he's Batman. Yeah, you know? and he always works alone. Copyright Batman. Exactly. <laughs> and so this movie, you know, it, it the writers just know how to portray to you. And paired with the visuals and everything else, how tough his, his childhood must have been without his parents. And... Alfred in this movie too, such a cornerstone character, right? He is really visualized and pictured as the father character to Batman in this movie. Literally, he holds a sign that says "father" at one yep. point, um, and you never get that. And the way that they took the the Dick Grayson, <laughs> my name is Richard, but the kids at the orphanage call me Dick. Kids can be cruel sometimes. <laughs> The the way that they, you know, articulated that relationship, because, you know, originally Batman was like, whatever, I don't want a kid. I put him on the orphanage boat. And he comes around on on him. The way that they tell that relationship between them, I've never really gotten that from their relationship before, you know? Yeah. It was always, you know, portrayed to me in the Batman mythos that uh, he was Batman Bruce Wayne felt pity on what happened to Dick Grayson, saw himself in him and took him in, but never really treated him as a son. But by the end of this movie, you see that relationship building, that father-son relationship, and it does an amazing job at doing that, you know? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that was a great take. Um, and I, I really like when movies like this have that underlying message of... You know, we, we learn something. We get a little life lesson in there. And, you know, the lesson in this one is Batman thinks he can do everything by himself and he needs to be by himself. And, and that's what he's just destined to be, right, because of how bad his childhood was and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes around to Robin and being his son. And, you know, at the end of the movie, it's not, you know, not everybody's great 
just it's not that Batman is just great by himself or everybody if they're ever great it was because Batman directed them to be great that was that was his whole point a lot of the movie was like oh god you're doing such an amazing job because of my directions like you know and he has the little scoreboard with him <laughs> he's like all the ideas and it's batman that that are good ideas batman has like 5,800,000 some odd numbers everybody else zero even at the end you still kind of see him stubborn you know when everybody pitches in there's what three other people with him he's like okay collectively we'll add one <laughs> everybody did a good job i did a great job <laughs> um, so it takes him a while to get there um, uh-huh. you know but we get to see the progression and ultimately that's the lesson that i think you know they were trying to convey that you know you don't have to do everything yourself it's okay to let people in and and be a team player and mm-hmm. it, i think it's a great great addition to something that could have just been a farce the mm-hmm. whole way through oh for sure yeah i mean and that's what makes this movie great, right? Is it wasn't just that farce. It it had that message. It told it well. It wasn't preachy, but it 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 made you feel uh, without over talking, right? It 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 showed. It didn't just tell, and that's what makes it effective. But going add to your point too about you know Batman. And I work alone, and he's a loner, right? There's the saying that no man can be an island, or there, no man is an island. But literally in this movie. This version of Bruce Wayne lives on an island, Wayne Island. Um, and so it just kind of shows how much he, he considers himself to be a loner, right? And it's brought out after he saves the city in the opening credits that, oh, I'm sure he must be going home and partying with Russian models or something like that. But no, he's going home. Uh, the computer is talking to him and that's it. He goes, Siri? Yeah, Siri. Exactly. <laughs> it was literally voiced by that Siri and goes home, he puts the food in the microwave and just sits and watches a movie. And, you know, he, it's interesting because, yeah, he's watching Jerry Maguire, right? And he's just like, he's laughing. He's like, ah! And he's looking around and he just, you know, you, you feel the loneliness in him. Yeah. And they do a great job at taking that journey with him as this character. You know him as Batman, right? But he, he goes on this journey this that you may never have really seen or read before in any of his stories for him being lonely as he is, accepting that, then accepting people as part of a family. You know, he's, he's accepting Alfred's help. He's accepting uh, Dick, and then he's accepting Barbara. And they all become a family towards the end. And just that, that journey is such a powerful thing to do. There's, you, you look at this movie, right? And it's, it's a great movie just to go and watch. And, you know, we talk about it. It's like, oh, it wasn't that funny. wasn't this funny. But really, you know, talking about it now, thinking about it, there are a lot of deeper meanings in, in what was the way that they chose to tell the story and the way that they progressed it. Yeah, and like you said, I don't think... At least, I mean, you've probably seen a lot more Batman than I have, but I haven't seen that deep with Batman before. And it's so funny because we're talking about a Lego movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How can it be that deep? They do a great job of showing how lonely he is, how, you know, how, you know, he's afraid of accepting other people into a family again, probably because he doesn't want to lose them. Like he lost his parents again. He doesn't want to open himself up to that pain. 
again. And I don't know how they do it, but they did a fantastic job. I mean, he's sitting there watching what? What, what would you say it was Jerry Maguire, mm-hmm. right? And and he's he's laughing like he's sitting there making a mockery of it, when really he's he's seeking it out, right? Joker mm-hmm. ends up finding all of his other movies. That that's what he wants. But his only escape is to just laugh about it, to try try to make himself feel better. Um, yeah, I I just I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Yeah. Fantastic movie. And this really did kind of sneak up on me because I knew it was coming, but I just kind of waved it off. I was like, whatever. I didn't even see the Lego movie in theaters. I just, I saw that later, mm-hmm. but I can honestly say, I mean, it's been at least a year, if not more, uh, since I've seen the Lego movie and I enjoyed it, but maybe it's just because this has Batman in it or featured in it that I enjoyed a lot more than the Lego movie. Yep. I'm with you there. And that's got to be what it is because I saw the Lego movie and I like the Lego movie, but I like this a lot more. Uh, it, it had to have been because of Batman. I, I, I think – and a lot of people are – that's going to resonate with a lot of people because a lot of – there's a lot of Batman fans out there. It doesn't even matter if they're like hardcore Batman fans. I mean you, you think about the Nolan trilogy that came out recently. That got a lot of Batman fans uh, just because it was more modernized and – I just think this is going to resonate with a lot of people. I think this will end up being, I'm making my prediction right now, this is going to be more successful than the the Lego movie. Well, yeah, I mean, because A, it it has that positive positivity that was built by the Lego movie. B, it's featuring Batman, a well-known character. Uh, and, you know, I think that there's going to be a positive buzz and word of mouth that surrounds this movie that people that or skeptical are going to go check it out and see. I mean, this is a movie that is opening out against 50 shades darker or whatever it was called. Right. And that's a movie that's definitely not geared for families or for people no. with kids. So if you're going to want to take a family to go see a movie this weekend, you're going to take them to see this and you know, they're probably going to want to see it again. I would honestly go see this movie again in an IMAX theater because I didn't want to pay, you know, the, almost triple cost to go see it at the IMAX. But now I'm like, you know what? This was a good movie. I would see it again and like to, you know, maybe see things that I missed in the background, which you can really pick out in the IMAX film. Uh, the presentation I saw was just a standard, you know, standard movie, a small theater house. Mm-hmm. And I think that this will do better. Plus, you know, Batman fans have been kind of looking for that Batman movie since, the Nolan films have ended and the best part of Batman versus Superman, which most Batman fans agree was the warehouse sequence that has Batman in it. Right. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that movie was regarded as a failure and a travesty travesty because the whole Martha thing. <laughs> so notice they didn't say Martha at all in this movie, <laughs> but so Batman fans will, I think, love this movie. You're going to get comic book fans that will go out to the theater this weekend and see this movie, see all the references, even, you know, looking around in his, it's only up there on, on the screen for a, a split second, but the the different trophies he's won from defeating the different villains, those are all references to stories. The, the different Batmobiles that he has, 
I could see that there was Batmobile stuff from the 89 Batman. I saw the Tumblr at one point. I saw the Batman Forever Batmobile at one point. You know, he has the bat sub. He's got the bat shark repellent. All these little <laughs> things that Batman fans will know. Like, I laughed when I saw the shark repellent. And I even laughed when he said it doesn't work. You could use that. <laughs> I mean, that was a brilliant joke because, you know, people who don't know the 60s Batman will never know. They'll, they won't get that. But fans of the character will. And this is going to hit a home run with a lot of them because of that. If they can get past, like we did, the voices. That's yeah. going to be the biggest issue I think a lot of people have with this movie is just the voices. The animation was fine. The opening scene with the the two best friends flying the <laughs> flying the airplane. I mean that that was just the best joke in. It was just so funny, right? And I just, from start to finish in this movie, they did such a great job. I mean, we've said this already in this episode, but. I wasn't expecting to feel this way about this movie. I know. I didn't watch any trailers going into this movie. So, because I figured it's a Batman movie, it's Legos, what else do I need to know? So I yeah. avoided them. And I'm really glad I did because I think, you know, we've, we have this a lot of times with trailers. They spoil things uh, in the movie. They don't always show accurately what the movie's going to have in it. And sometimes they they burn some of their best jokes. I was able to go into this movie without seeing any trailers, and all the jokes hit for me. There wasn't anything that didn't seem to hit. Uh, there were some things that the kids thought were funnier, but there were some things that I thought was hilarious that the kids didn't laugh at. So this is just... <laughs> I don't know what to say other than this is a great movie, and I recommend it, and you guys should go see it. Oh, absolutely. Everybody needs to see this. I mean, it, it, it literally is a movie for everyone. And, you know, like you said, the kids thought certain parts were funnier, and then you thought certain parts were – it literally has everything. Anybody that goes to see this movie, there will be a piece of it that they will enjoy, and they will enjoy the majority of the movie as a whole. And like you said, it literally was start to finish, from the black screen at the beginning to the white screen at the end, because <laughs> all movies end with – all good movies end with a white screen. It leaves you literally start to finish. Mm -hmm. And we, I know that the, the phrase is used pretty loosely now on movies. Um, and, you know, like even with Star Wars, a lot of it was nostalgia. That was it was fantastic from start to finish. And it was. But literally from the from the black to the white beginning to end, this movie's got something for everybody and everybody needs to go see it. I agree. What I would like to see them do after this is, I don't know if you'd be able to capitalize on this with a sequel. I'm sure you could, but I'd like to see a Justice League movie now. Seeing seeing everybody in the, in the Fortress of Solitude for that anniversary party that Batman wasn't invited to just kind of made me think, man, wouldn't it be great if there was just a, a Justice League Lego movie? That would that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Lego Star Wars. I was, I was waiting for some Star Wars reference because, you know, they're... There's a lot of Lego Star Wars stuff out there, the games, and, you know, have the partnership for the block or for the ships and everything that you can buy and the characters. I was waiting for one of the villains in the Phantom Zone when I saw that there was, like, Sauron and other characters out there. Where's yes. the Emperor? Is Palpatine going to be in here? Where's no, Snow? he would definitely be up there. I just... Man. It was so good. Great movie. Well, did you get the trailer for they are going to they're I mean obviously they're going to keep making Lego movies because they're hits right they're going to capitalize on them. Uh did you get the trailer for Lego Ninjago? I did not. Okay. 
So that's coming up the pipe. Yeah, but that I don't think that's going to be doing anywhere near as good as this. I I will not go shit nope. movie in the theater. Nope. I guarantee you that. Yep, me neither. And it looked <laughs> like it was done very stylistically different than the Lego movie and the Lego Batman movie. They, they, these two movies were pretty similar in the way that they they uh, they were done. They were shot. You know what I mean? Um, but this this Ninjago Lego movie looked uh, quite a bit different. It's Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know, uh, what trailer I did get, though, before this movie that I'm going to have to go see? Go, go, Papa Rangers! Oh, you did? For real? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm actually pretty excited for that. I, I mean, know. this this That's movie like looks like... a little 90s child coming out. <laughs> exactly. This is definitely geared towards us, because we're of the age that we were watching this after school when it came out, you know? Yeah. Um, but it it's definitely taking a lot of stylistic things from a lot of different superhero movies. It's 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 interpreting the story a little differently, which is fine. There's there's no blasphemy there, right? But I think that it's funny because the trailer that I saw is the trailer that was released a while back, and it starts out as like this Breakfast Club type movie. Yeah, and they're all in detention and whatever, and they're all gonna go discover. I forget what the I forget what the things are that make them morph, but whatever. They're gonna go find those, and then, and then just Brian Cranston is Zordon. Did you have you heard his Zordon yet? I haven't. Oh, it sounds um, fantastic. Really? Yes. Does he go Jesse? It's morphin' time. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait for that movie. Are the that Power Ranger good. suits really like hazmat suits, so they don't get any any kind of uh, chemical reaction from making all the uh, crystal? So the Blue Ranger is the best ranger. <laughs> the Blue Ranger, yes. <laughs> He's oh, 90% so many jokes. Pure. So many jokes. I, I really do love Brian Cranston, though, and I think he, he has – I haven't seen any of his Zordon yet, but I, I can already tell you the voice is going to be phenomenal. The look is going to be a lot better than the 90s TV show. I can tell you that. And, uh, oh, there's just so many jokes. It's so good. Yeah, looking forward to that. So that was a good trailer that was in front of my movie. Uh, the other trailer was A Dog's Life, and there's a lot of controversy swirling around that for, I don't know if you've kind of paid attention to it, but... Uh, right, yeah. Yeah, and I, I just don't want to see that movie because A, of that, and B, a dog's going to die. You know it's going to die a lot, and I don't want to deal with that, so I'm not going to be watching that movie. Yeah, I don't want to see a movie about the inevitable that which we know will happen because I have a dog, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be thinking about my dog mm-hmm. during that. Yeah, so I, don't, I would at least need to have my dog with me if I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, so you could just hold on to it. I'd just squeeze him real quick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did you catch the joke in the Lego Batman movie when they found Marley and me? And he's like, the one guy was like, my favorite part was the end. <laughs> oh, no. So, I heard him say Marley and me, but I didn't catch that part. That's terrible. Yeah, I, one of the villains is like, my favorite part was the end. And I was like, oh, oh man. Um, but another trailer that was in front of this that is a movie that I'll be seeing and my wife would actually like to see with me. And I'm sure I'll be actually taking her to go see this in like an IMX presentation, date night type thing, is Beauty and the Beast. That's going to be a huge movie that yep. maybe, you know, it'll be the top one of the top five grocers of this year, I guarantee you, because of everybody, everybody is going to go see that movie. Yeah. 
Definitely. It's I'll be there with my wife. Exactly. It's it's a great couples movie. It's a great probably will be a great kids movie, family movie oriented. Great acting in it. Uh, looks like the CG is going to be great. Plus, it's a Disney movie, so the marketing machine behind that is going to be really able to pump that out. And yeah. it's, I mean, Star Wars may be the number one grocer again this year, uh, with Episode Eight being so hotly anticipated. The Last Jedi being so hotly anticipated. Ooh, we should talk about the title, The Last Jedi. Oh yeah. So we yeah, have not yet convened. Really dropped off there, didn't. <laughs> What'd you say? Beauty of the Beast really dropped off there, didn't it? Well, ooh, ooh, The Last Jedi. (laughs) That just goes to show how much of a Star Wars fan we are. Oh, it's great. So we we need to talk about The Last Jedi because we haven't discussed the title uh, as it was revealed yet. So, Alex, give me your impressions of The Last Jedi title. I like it a lot. I think it's short. It probably speaks to what the movie is going to focus on. Um, and it opens up so many questions and they made it even, they made so many more questions just by the poster release of the letters being read. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so brilliant to, I mean, it's like, you know, they could have, they could have done something and, and kept the naming convention like they did in the other trilogies. It could have been something like the fist of the first order or something like that. And oh man, some of the, the ones that we heard were dumb, like something about the Jedi temple, a tale of the Jedi temple or something I heard for the longest time. I, I did not want to see something like that come out. I was George really happy. Strikes back. <laughs> exactly. I was really happy when it came out and it said that the last Jedi, right? Because it's like, who's the last Jedi? Obviously, it's probably going to be talking about Luke, right? Or is there some kind of twist? And the letters are red. Does that mean that it's it's gonna it's like it's ominous, right? Mm-hmm. Does that mean that he's gonna die? I, I I don't. There's just so many things. I, I just think it's brilliant. I mean, it already adds to the hype that is Star Wars. They didn't even need a title. It just could have been Star Wars, and there'd be so much hype. But when you put that title with it, the way that they did, it's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And that's coming out this December, so not too far away. Between between now and then, we have three Marvel movies as well this year. Yeah, and you know what? I bet Star Wars tops all of them combined. That's why they put three in this year. Yeah. <laughs> but Buena, 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 whatever they call it, Buena Vista, which is the, the company house that is kind of that uh, the Disney title company, they are going to probably have their biggest year ever this year because of Beauty and the Beast, Star Wars, these Marvel movies. Because you got Spider Man coming back this year. I mean, that's going to be huge. Don't they have another Pirates movie coming out too? Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, it's going to be a huge year for them. It's ridiculous. Somebody's getting paid this year. <laughs> Bob Iger is going to see the returns from this year. Be like, I'm out. I've done my yep. job. Nobody can top this. <laughs> He's going to be like the Tom Brady Super Bowl champion and just no mic drop it. Oh, my gosh. So for my opinion, though, The Last Jedi, that I when I saw that title, I loved it. I love it now. It's one of those things that instantly hits you, and you're, you don't even have to settle in on it. Like The Force Awakens, you had to kind of settle in on it a little yep. bit. This one, I saw it immediately. I accepted it because it was, it was simple and... 
evokes, you know, the A, the opening crawl of episode seven, which calls Luke the last Jedi. So could be referring to him. But also when Luke is training in Dagobah in episode, is it five or six when Luke, when Yoda says this? So Yoda says, when gone am I, the last the Jedi would he be? Or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it just got to be six, right? Because he's getting ready to die. <laughs> I mean, it's probably six. Yeah, I think it's six. Um, it just it harkens back to those positive vibes, you know. Force Awakens, positive vibe. Return of the Jedi, positive vibe. Empire Strikes Back, you know, Yoda, positive. And then the term Jedi can mean one or many Jedi. Because the plural of Jedi is Jedi. It's not Jedi's. It is Jedi. It is the Jedi Council. Also, fun fact, the plural of Sith is Sith. The Sith, not the Siths. So there's your lesson for the day, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so this could be just the last Jedi. The, the last Jedi could be a group of people that have force sensitivity that Luke begins to train, Ray being one of them. And... You know, it could be Snoke is trying to now wipe out the last of the Jedi. He thought that he had it done before with the Knights of Ren wiping out whatever that flashback sequence showed. Uh, but now with, as we know at least for sure, Luke and Rey being possible Jedi, they could be the rise of the last Jedi. You know, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens in this movie. There's so many questions that the title itself poses and we haven't even gotten a teaser trailer and the title is is just so many questions coming from it you know like you said the the red uh font on the the uh on the poster as opposed to the gold that it usually is um if i'm a betting man I, i'm saying that the the next episode will be either green or blue <laughs> gonna gonna call it out i'm i'm thinking blue i think i'm going to go with blue the next one yep and it's going to be Let's see. The Force Awakens the Last Jedi from his slumber. <laughs> so, but I bet it's going to be blue. It'll be ooh from the Sarlacc pit. <gasps> Maybe it's a t- it, it's a whole sentence about Jango Fett being the last Jedi. There you go. Or not Jango, <laughs> Boba Fett. That I cracked the code, everybody. So, The Force Awakens the Last Jedi from the Sarlacc pit. Who's the last person we saw in the go in the Sarlacc pit? Boba Fett. Case closed, and it's going to be in blue. There you go. That's brilliant. <laughs> All right, we've we've kind of rambled on here a little bit towards the end, but uh, anything else final to say on the Lego Movie or anything coming up on the slate this year that you're super excited for? Oh, just the big hits that you mentioned um, that you know see in theaters with my wife. The superhero movies. Um, the Lego Batman movie was an unexpected surprise, and I would I know that they're going to capitalize on it. I hope that they capitalize on franchises like Batman that I'm interested in. I think Star Wars would be brilliant um, if they would get the rights to do that or whatever Make needs this to happen. Make this standalone Star Wars movies? Uh, yeah, the anthology. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be another, you know, like a Spaceballs type movie, just something that's fun. That's Star Wars theme. Like I always loved even the Family Guy episodes that are based on Star Wars. I just love Star Wars. So I and and I love Batman. So I hope they do more movies like that. It you know it'll get me by until 
an episodic release or something like that. But I don't know. It's it's a good it's a good year for movies. And the ones that I've seen so far that actually both of them split and Lego Batman movie. I mean, we're only beginning of uh, February. I wasn't planning on seeing either of these movies, and they were both pleasant surprises for me. So I'm feeling good. I'm hoping that Resident Evil continues that trend for you. You'll have to let me know. Yeah, that one has the potential to be a letdown. But, <laughs> um, You're going you with know, expectations. Yeah, I'm going. I mean, and it's the final chapter, right? So it's supposed to wrap up the six movie uh, franchise. A um, lot of room for failure here, but <laughs> you know, I've, I've already seen five, so it's kind of like you know your TV shows. You already, you might as well just finish it up and hope it's good. Exactly. You're in this ride for this far already. Just finish it out. (laughs) All right. For me, last thoughts on this movie. We mentioned it a lot of times. Uh, Fantastic movie. I was surprised. I did not see this really on my radar at all, but I'm glad that I went and saw it in theater this weekend. Uh, In fact, we we put a Twitter poll out to the, the good old public that follow at Entertaining Pod on Twitter. And this was the winning vote. 59% of the vote went to Lego Batman to cover for this month. So thank you, dear tweeters. Excellent choice. Yeah, very good choice. What was se- what was in second place? Second place, I believe, was The Wall. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would not have been as good of a movie as this turned out to be. So... We know we have some quality listeners out there, and you guys interact with us on Twitter. Thank you for the interactions. It's always fun to talk to you, and thank you for voting because I, uh, I, I honestly wouldn't have seen this movie if it wasn't for that Twitter vote. So there you go. Yeah, it probably would have been a renter for me as well, but mm-hmm. I'm really happy I saw it in theaters. Yeah. So good job tweeting audience listeners. And if you are not yet following us on Twitter and you would like to, you can do so. Go ahead and look us up on Twitter at EntertainingPod and hit that little follow button. And if you want to, while you're feeling social, leave us a review on iTunes. Even if you don't use iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> uh, because that is the uh, that is the way that people find out about the show. So even if you don't agree with what we say, you don't like the show, just leave an honest review. I would like to hear what you guys think of the show on the reviews. Um, And it'll help people find the show if you enjoy it. So that's one way to help spread the word of the show. If you you enjoy listening, please shoot us a review. Uh, Share us with your friends in real life. If you know somebody that likes movies and say, oh, hey, they just talked about this movie on the show. You want to listen to it? And they'll be like, what's a podcast? And then you have an awkward conversation about what a podcast is. And then after they understand that it's like a radio show, then maybe they'll listen to it or who knows. But it'll be fun. It'll get you talking. So do that. Okay. What he said. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Alex, where can they find you on the social medias? I am on xbox uh gamertag d-o-u-e-1-h-1 i've been getting a little bit into uh twitter as well at d-o-u-e-1-h-1 so get me in the social media game let's let's see what it's about you have to start with unprotecting your tweets just so you know (laughs) 
Oh, boy. Oh, uh, well. You can find me on video game platforms of choice, mostly on Xbox is where I spend my days, but also I same address on PSN and Steam is Spider Jedi. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Voiced by Nathan. Again, you can find the show on Twitter at Entertaining Pod. You can shoot us an email at connect at thatsentertaining.net. And we'd love to hear some interactions. Did anybody out there, did you see this movie? Did you agree with what we said? Uh, we'd love to get some follow-up on this one particularly because this movie we saw because of you guys. So we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on this movie as well. If it met your expectations, uh, exceeded, or was not quite what you expected, we'd love to hear what you thought as well. I'm betting I'm not alone on people having kind of abrasive opinions of the Joker and Harley Quinn voices. But just just let us know what you think. Uh, Again, you can hit us on Twitter at EntertainingPod or over on the email connect at that'sentertaining.net. All right, I think that hits all the major points. I think that's I think that's good for this week, this month, and we thank you guys for listening. So we'll catch you guys next month. We hope that you have been entertained. Now you can't hear this, but this this podcast is actually ending right now on a white screen because we know that all movies that are important, like all podcasts that are important, end on a white screen.